Oh, good morning. You sound like you're doing okay. <laughs> oh, ladies, you, you, uh, you, ladies, you're going to have a blast on Friday, and uh, we guys are going to make sure that you don't have to do any work at all. You're just going to enjoy every bit of the night, and then there's an after party. You're going to enjoy that, and then church, I got to tell you, next Sunday is such a special uh, day for us. So I'd encourage every one of you to be here uh, and, and, uh, and bring somebody with you. Let's just uh, be, be willing to take a chance on someone else in, that's in, in your realm of connection, somebody who you are, are connected with. It may be family, maybe it's friends, maybe people at work. Be willing to take a chance on bringing them with you next Sunday. Because God is, is willing, and the very heart of God wants to transform not just their life, but their eternity. And it all happens because you and I are simply obedient to what Jesus asked us to do, and, and bring someone with us as we follow Christ. It's, uh, it's, it's, so, it's so much a bigger deal than I believe you and I realize at times, and I'm, I'm recognizing that more and more the older I get, and the more I follow Christ. And, and then I walk, we walk through life together, and there are people that are in our lives. I had a lady this morning who our team prayed with, and then she shared with me. Um, her, her cousin had called her just recently and said he was going through a divorce. And then she got the call even more recently that he had just committed suicide. The people in our lives need Jesus. You and I are here this morning because we're living in the benefit of accepting that amazing gift of salvation that Christ died to give us. And uh, let's open our arms and let's invite those around us with us. Do it next Sunday. It's a big deal. And we're continuing in the 23rd Psalm. We're right near the end, and I'm going to end it, not next week. Julie will be sharing next week, and then the week after that, I will end this series. But let's look at this psalm together as we've marched through these lines every single week. And if you've missed them, get the podcast and listen to it. I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed digging in on the 23rd Psalm and, and what, what David is saying here. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. And even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Through all of those stages, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. And today I want to talk about this. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. If, if, your, if your neighbor came and knocked on your door and, and you opened the door and your neighbor said, I anoint you king of the world, what good would that do to you? It wouldn't do you any good at all. But to be anointed by God is a big deal. And it is so much more within your touch and within my touch, then we realize. When we hear things like anointed, we think of a missionary or a pastor 
or, or an evangelist or, or a priest or, or, or some, somebody in, in, in ministry, and, and, and that's what we think of. But anointing is when God's Holy Spirit gives you insight. When God anoints us, he gives us insight and, and he gives us ability. He gives us stamina, authority, protection. God's anointing is the same as God's blessing. And, and God desires to do that, and he does it often, and he does it in our lives. And, and, and this David talks about my head being anointed with oil. The, the oil is really, there's nothing special or mystical about the oil. It's symbolic. It's, it's a symbol, and, and, and it, it, it means God's presence. It means the Holy Spirit's blessing on our life. It's an outward symbol of an internal process. And there are symbols that, that you and I embrace as, as we follow Christ. We, we talk about communion. Communion is symbolic. It's, it's about the death and the crucifixion of Jesus. It's the bread and the wine. Baptism for us is symbolic. We are, we are burying the old self down in the water, and our new life is coming up out of the water. My wedding ring is, 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 is a symbol. I, I could, 24 years ago, I think she said, right? 24 years ago, Karen and I, and I got married, right? It wasn't even a month. A month did not go by, and I lost my wedding ring. We, we were on a missions trip in Venezuela, and, 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 and of course, when you go on a missions trip, you're just pouring your heart and life into everything you're doing, and, and it's just a great time. You're watching, you're watching God work in people's lives. It's, it's, it's an, an amazing experience, and, but, but then on mission trips, you need to take a break. And so we took a break down in Venezuela, and we went to this, this rock slide where you slide all the way down these rocks, and it's long, and you can get hurt bad if you're not careful because it's just not a perfect slide. And so I, I, I did this a number of times, and, and I think it was on the second slide all the way down. It's the length of two football fields, and it is a blast, right? At the end of this rock slide, you drop into a lagoon, and I came up out of there after the second time, and I'm, I'm on my way back up to the top to do it again, and I realized my wedding ring was gone. At the bottom of the lagoon, there's no way we were going to find it. But you know what? I was still married. Just because I lost my wedding ring did not mean I wasn't married. It, it, it's symbolic of, of, of what our marriage was. 24 years ago, I said, I do. And for 24 years, I've been learning what I have to do. <laughs> Anointed with oil. It's, it's, it's symbolic of God's approval, his presence, his protection, his promises. It's, a, it's symbolic of God's blessing and, and prosperity. It, it's healing and joy and gladness. He anoints us. In the Old Testament, the only one who could anoint anyone was the priest or a prophet or a king. Only those three could anoint. It, 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 and as a matter of fact, if in, in, in the Old Testament times, if you had any of this anointing oil in your home, it was not legal. The only people who could legally have it would be a prophet, a king, or a priest. 
But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let them nail Him to a tree. And He paid for your sins and my sins. And when Jesus said His last words, it is finished, the Bible says that the veil, the, the fabric, which was not, not just a fabric like this, it was a thick tapestry, the veil in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. The Bible says that it ripped when Jesus said, it is finished, thunder slammed, and, and there, it was like a storm was going on that, at a level that nobody had seen, and the veil in the temple, it, the Bible says, it ripped from top to bottom, totally opening up the Holy of Holies to the rest of of the tabernacle. And you know what that means? Jesus changed everything right there. You and I no longer have to go to a priest to, to confess. We no longer have to go to a priest to ask for prayers. You, you and I have instant access to the heavenly Father, to the holy of holies in heaven. Instant access when we accept Christ as our Savior and we become His followers. Instant access. We can pray directly to Him and ask Him for anything. When God's anointing on my life, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to have God's anointing on my life? To understand this, we really need to go back to the basics. And the basics are, you are not an accident. You are not it's not, it, you, you just didn't happen because mom and dad wanted to have some fun. Or you didn't, you didn't just happen because mom and dad weren't careful enough. I've said this time and time again, you know, if your mother was a prostitute and your father was a drug dealer, God the Creator knew the DNA that he was going to take together and weave you out of. No matter what the circumstances are, you are His design. You are designed by God for God, and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And everybody who is following Christ has a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. You might be a banker. You might be a plumber. You might drive a forklift. You might stock shelves at Safeway. Whatever God has called you to do, you know, some people miss their calling. They go off on their own. They spend their whole life going off on their own. God's desire is that we find our calling. But you cannot fulfill your calling on your own power. To fulfill your, you, you need God's anointing to fulfill what he has laid out for you to do. You, you might get by getting through the task, but to, to fulfill it the way God has designed it and laid it out for you, you need His strength and His blessing 
and his anointing. And I want to summarize this word anointing. We're going to look at the whole Bible and everything the Bible really has to say about anointing. And you're going to, if you're taking notes there, there are six lines that you're going to fill in. And, 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 and out of those six lines, it's really going to cover this whole issue. And then I want to close with two quick points after that. And, and frankly, at the end of our service, I'm going to open up our prayer time because I just want, some of us have needs, and, and I just want our prayer team and some of our church leaders to specifically pray for some of the needs in some of our lives. If you're taking notes today, when, when God appoints, he anoints. To have God's blessing on my life, God appoints us to do something. He, he gives us something to accomplish, and, and when he does that, he anoints us. A couple of weeks ago, Karen said that she brought up this phrase that a lot of believers like to use, and we all, we're all probably guilty of using it. It's, it's good that God never gives you more than you can handle. And, and that actually does not come from Scripture. Matter of fact, the opposite is true. The reality is, as we're following Christ, he gives us things to do that we can't possibly do on our own, but we can only do through his strength. Because he does, he, he never intended us for doing this to do this stuff alone. He always intended us to rely on him to get done what he wants us to get done. Because he wants to be involved in the process. And, and he wants us to do it at a whole other level, way beyond we, what we could ever think or imagine. Because he is God and we are not. But he wants to be that involved and engaged. God never asks you to do something without providing what you need to do it. When God appoints, God anoints. When he gives you an assignment, he gives you an empowerment. He gives you a plan. He gives you strategy. He gives you the spirit. He gives you new energy, new insight. If God calls you to do something and you're scared to death, you can just relax because that's a normal response. But look what first Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians. He said, the one who calls you, that's God. The one who calls you is faithful. Not only is he faithful, he will do it. This is not, it takes, it takes the load off of your shoulders. And Jesus, when he gave out his first assignment, he gave it to the 12. You know, he said to them in, in, I forget which gospel I marked here, in Acts chapter 1, look what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In other words, you will invite somebody next Sunday, okay? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, it wasn't even possible in their day for them to do that. They didn't have planes, trains, and automobiles. They, they weren't going to South America. They weren't going to Australia. But they did go to the ends of the earth as they knew it, to the ends of the earth. See, God gives us assignments that look impossible. The second thing, if, if God's anointing is on my life, it makes me a better person. Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. 
if you're following Christ, here's a reality. He, he will make your life better, and he will make you better at life. It, it's, it's just watching it for years in people's lives. It's just a reality. And you, you might think you're pretty good now, but you're nothing compared to what you would have been had you done it God's Success is measured by that. Success is not measured by how much you accomplish. Success is measured by how much you accomplish or how much you could have accomplished if you had done it God's way. That's success. But we think we have to do it on our own. His anointing on our life makes me a better person. God's anointing changes you and I from the inside out. Constant process of changing us. And he gives us abilities, abilities we didn't even know we had. And the Bible has so many examples of this. I mean, I just didn't even know, you know where to start. I mean, anywhere. I went to 1 Samuel. Because this is the first king of Israel. Look what, look what it says here. It says, Samuel took a flask of oil and he poured it, uh, poured it on Saul's head. Saul was to be the first, first king of Israel. And, and, and Saul, so it, when, when Saul found out this was going to happen, Saul says, I could never be king. He didn't see himself at all as king. There's, there's just no way. And yet Samuel, who is the prophet, by the way, poured a flask of oil, put it on Saul's head, and said, the Lord has anointed you. God has anointed you. An outward expression of what was already happening on an inward commitment. The Lord has anointed you to be a ruler of his people. God's spirit will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. Let me explain that. See, he was going to meet with the prophets and they, what prophets do is prophesy. They were all going to be prophesying. And Saul's thinking, I can't go with these people. I, I, I'm not... I'm not but look what God, God steps right into it, and he says to him, look, you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. God's anointing turns you into a different person. Poured the oil on Saul's head. God's spirit came powerfully upon him. You will prophesy with it. Once these signs will be fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. In other words, just go with it because God has created a new person in you. So go with what God is doing. And as you read on, if you, if you continue to read that, you, you, you'll find that Saul prophesies and he says, this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. And God just changes it. God's anointing changes you. It makes you more competent. It makes you more confident. It makes you more calm. How many of us could use more calm? Some of us are pretty confident. We could use more calm. If you're worried about your job, if you're nervous about your career, if you're nervous about your vocation, let me tell you, here's what I know. You're missing the anointing of God. And God wants to anoint you. What God calls you to do 
He anoints you, and he makes you a better person. God's anointing on my life also makes hard tasks easier. He makes hard tasks easier. In Ephesians, Paul says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit. Another version calls it his mighty inner strength. It is transforming. You may be a plumber, electrician. God has called us to do different things. This is our vocation. It can be in our marriage. It can be God works that God wants to do in us and through us. You could be a forklift driver. You could be stocking shelves. Maybe you're, a stay, maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. But that's what God has you doing. He wants to anoint you. In, in other words, he wants to bless you in doing that. In other words, he wants to make you the best stay-at-home mom you could ever imagine. Moms can multitask. He, he wants to give you the ability to multitask times 10 or 100. God's blessing transforms who we are. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, Paul says, it gives us this mighty inner strength. See, my strength is limited. My talent is limited. And so is yours, by the way. But his strength is not limited. And when we operate in his strengths, we can last so much longer. We can go so much farther. We can do things we didn't even know we could do. Because of who he is. When you don't have his anointing, you know what happens when you're trying to accomplish tasks? You are tired all the time. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Look what Paul says. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do anything if I have God's anointing. It's, the whole, it's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit to give you strength, to strengthen you. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Circle that word, Christ. Circle it. Do you know what that means? See, some of you have been following Christ for a long time, and you think that's his last name. Jesus Christ. That's not his last name. It doesn't mean that at all. In the original language of the New Testament, in the Greek, it means the anointed one. We're talking about anointing here. In the Hebrew, the Old Testament language, it means Messiah. The anointed one. It's the anointed one who anoints us. Number four, God's anointing on my life makes the impossible possible. Is something impossible going on in your life right now? Do you know when this matters the most? When God makes the impossible possible? It matters in your business. 
It matters in your marriage. It matters in your health. Because especially in those three areas, you will have overwhelming problems. You're going to have them. And it's times like that that you need his blessing, his anointing. Jesus addressed this in Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, Jesus says, what is impossible for people is possible with God. I know you're in a a situation that's just flat out impossible. But Jesus stops you, looks you straight in the eye, and says, what's impossible with people is possible with God. The impossible is possible. Some of you are looking square in the face of the impossible. And Jesus is saying, no, no. Paul writes in Ephesians, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. See, not only is the impossible possible, but whatever you're thinking, whatever your wildest dream is, whatever whatever you would want to ask God, He wants to do better than that. Um, parent of a three-year-old, Giovanni, I think they're asking for you in the back, so you might want to find out what that's about. More than anything we could ask or imagine. God, what, what's, the, what's the greatest thing that you would want God to do in your family? What's the greatest thing you would want him to do in your career or your business or your dream? What's your greatest dream? He stops and he says, that's, that's, that's pretty far out there. But I can do better than that. We can go, we can go way beyond that. And number five, God's anointing on my life helps me bless others. God doesn't give you and God doesn't give me our talents our finances, our abilities, our opportunities, our good looks, networks. He doesn't give us these things just for our benefit. He gives them to us so that we help other people. He doesn't give them to us so we store them up. God loves good stewards. He loves people who are going to take what he's given them and, and, they, and they put it to use. Oh, he's all about that. See, when, when, when we do that, we're not the only ones who get blessed. We bless other people. We have Celebrate Recovery here on, on Friday nights and even the, the groups that are meeting during the week because God is interested in your hurts and your habits and your hangouts. 
God is interested in all the stuff that pulls you down. And, and when you get God's anointing, he wants you to help other people. See, people come through Celebrate Recovery, and they get involved then in helping other people come through Celebrate Recovery. And it's not just CR. It's in the heart and life of our church. He, when we help people through their pain, he helps us with our pain. Acts chapter 10 in the Message Bible says this, when Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, by the way, that one line has the Trinity in it, just in one line. Jesus, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, has the Trinity right there in one line. Ready for action, he went through the country helping people, healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was helping people. God's anointing is so that you and I share it with others. So we help others. The purpose for his anointing is that we make the world a better place. The purpose for his anointing is, is that we show people who he is so their lives can change. You are anointed to help others. And you say, me? Yep. You. Every, minister, every member is a minister. You think the ministers are on the stage. No, we're all called to be ministers. That's who we're called to be. God's anointing on my life, number six, is fresh for every new challenge. It's fresh for every new challenge. Anointing by the Holy Spirit can't be stored up. I mean, you just can't do that. It's, 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 it's made to flow. It's, 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 and you're thinking, well, I remember back to a service that I was in in 1989, and, 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 I, and I, felt, I felt God's presence, and it was such a, well, well, great, but that was good for 1989, but that's not helping you now. It was, like, it was like in the wilderness when God gave them manna from above and, and, and they were fed. The manna was only good for the day. After that, it spoiled. You couldn't stock it. God was teaching them to trust him every day. And, and with his anointing, he, he wants us to recognize it every day. He, he wants to, it's not, it's not like a reservoir you fill up. It's a river you flow with. Daily. You know what else? You can lose your anointing. You can lose your anointing. Many of us have seen people who were greatly used by God, and, and we watched them, and they were on fire, and they were gifted, and they were talented, and, and they, were, they were doing things for God, and, and then two years later, they're, they're, they're doing nothing. History is full of people with God's anointing and God's blessing, and they were seeing results in their life, and then, then they just stopped letting the river flow. Or they took it too lightly or just gave up on it. For every challenge, a fresh anointing. God wants to, he wants to fill us daily with his power. You know what the problem is? We all leak we leak. He fills us with his love and it, and it leaks out. He fills us with his grace and it, and it leaks out. And he fills us, he, he, he empowers us and, and, then, and then it leaks out and, and we 
stop allowing the replenish and the flowing of the river. We lose our power, our passion. We lose grace. We lose vision. We need a fresh filling. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says this. It says, sow righteousness for yourselves. That's a metaphor for prayer. Spend time in prayer. Let the river flow and reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. Some of us have unplowed ground. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's what a farmer looks at. It's, it's ground that has not been plowed for years, and it's hard, and it's dry. Maybe that's the way your heart is. Maybe, you don't, maybe you're in a place where you just don't feel joy anymore. You don't feel close to God. Or maybe you kind of have a hard heart for people. And you need a little plowing. You need to break up the ground. He goes on in that verse to say, For it is time to seek the Lord. Until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Do you know how, how God turns hard ground into soft ground? How he turns it into ground that he can grow something in again? He sends a storm. Some of us in our lives, we are in a storm. God will use that storm. He'll use that storm to break up that hard ground. So how do you get God's anointing back on your life again? Or how do you get it on your life for the first time if you've never had it? It's, it's really simple. And I want you to listen to this. Because if you want God's anointing on your business, if you want God's anointing on your marriage, if God has called you to something and, and you, you're just not doing anything with it and, and you, you want his anointing on you, the Bible says it's really simple. You just ask. You ask. James, the brother of Jesus, in chapter 4, verse 2, he says this, you do not have because you do not ask. Your heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who, who was willing to be nailed to the cross, desperately wants to give to his children. If you don't have God's blessing on your life, if you don't have God's anointing on your life, let me tell you something. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He says, just Ask. Ask. God, I want your blessing on my career. But I don't know if God gets involved in it. God, I want your blessing on my career, on my marriage, on my finances. My finances are so messed up. There isn't a prayer. Impossible things can become possible, are possible with God. Besides, we're doing FPU soon. We have to come to the place where we're willing to say, God, I want your blessing on my marriage. And I will do it any way you tell me to do it. 
God, I want your blessing on my finances, and I will do it any way you tell me to do it. It's not going to work if you say, God, I want your blessing on my marriage, and I'm going to keep doing it the way I was doing it. The way you are where you are, and you're in the mess you're in because you did it your way. It's time to stop and say, okay, God, however you want me, however you show me to do it, I'm willing to do it. And you ask. James says you have not because you ask. God wants to bless our lives in so many ways. Let me close with two areas real quickly. And we're going to end our service differently than, than, than we have in the past. Number one, when God, two, two areas I want to talk about. When God anoints your business, it brings success. How many of you want success? And the rest of you are just flat out not being honest. Because we all want success. And he wants us to have, look, look at, there's so many illustrations. I just grabbed one. It's, it's one that comes to mind for me right away. Genesis 39, chapter 2. The Lord greatly blessed Joseph so that everything he did succeeded. Can you say that about you? Everything you do succeeds? Joseph, everything he did. And, and if you know the story, he was put in crazy situations, but he honored God in every one of them, and God blessed everything he did. David Green grew up in a pastor's family. There were five or six kids. Mom and, mom and dad served God so faithfully, loving God, caring for people. And, and five of their kids became pastors and missionaries. And, and their other kid was David. David got involved in business, and he began to work for, for stores, and, and, and he, 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 he decided that he, he, he was called into business. And David Green started in his garage with a business. And today, you and I know it as Hobby Lobby. It's a multi-billion dollar company. No, I didn't say multi-million or trillion, multi-billion dollar company, and they give half of their money away to ministry. They, they bought a campus in California and gave it to $25 million and gave it to a church in California. Pouring, their, God, God has blessed them. See, when, when God anoints your business, it brings success. But when God gives you influence and he gives you finance, he gives it to you for a reason. So you need to find out what that reason is. That's business. By the way, David wrote a book called Giving It All Away and Getting It All Back Again. If you're in business, you need to read that book. The second thing, the second area I want to talk about is when God anoints your body, it brings health. When God anoints your body, it brings health. Mark chapter 6, verse 13. And they cast out many demons, and they healed many sick people, anointing them with oil, olive oil. They cast out demons and healed sick people. They, they, people were healed mentally, emotionally, and physically. All three of them. There are three kinds of sickness. Let me touch on this as I close. 
And you, you'll find these clearly in Scripture. The first one is for learning. David, who wrote this 23rd Psalm that we're looking at, look what he said after, after he dealt with, with, with pain and illness. He says in Psalm 119, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your degrees, decrees. I learned from the illness that you allowed. God doesn't bring illness, but, but sometimes he allows it. And David says, I learned from that. The second kind of illness, the scripture says, is unto death. In other words, this you will die from this illness. Now, you only get that illness once. That's the good news. But it, it, it's unto death. And the third one is for the glory of God. Jesus said that. This illness is so that God may be glorified. In other words, he's going to do something through this. <clears throat> and you don't, you, you, if, you're, if you're sick, you, you may not know which of those it is. But he is God. Our team's going to come up. We're going to do a song. And, and I, I know we're 12 minutes over, but I just don't want to not sing. So let's do a song. And then I'll just share with you a minute. Listen, if you're struggling with something, I know our prayer team is up here after the service all the time. But I kind of want to open that up broader this morning. James says, if there is sick among you, let him come before the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil and pray for them. And we're going to do that this morning. Our team is going to do that. But let's sing together and, and then I'll, I'll come up again for another minute. And, and many of you who are going to want to leave at that point, that's fine. Do not feel like you need to stay but as a church family, we're going to pray with those who would like to come forward. Church, our prayer team is up here. We'll be praying. Uh, some of you are going over to the journey. Go right ahead. Some of you feel like you want to head on home. God bless you guys. Have an absolutely wonderful day. But we will be down here. If you're struggling with an illness in your body, I want you to come on down. Our church uh, leaders, we're going to be praying with you. If there's a need in your life, we are down here for you after this service. God bless you guys, and uh, be praying for uh, those who are here with us as we just open our hearts. Uh, some of you that I know are going through difficult things. If you're going to the journey, go on ahead, and you're going to have a great time over there. We'll be over a little later. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.